0: Hey, hey, I'm Julia, the owner of Julia K. Design, which is a small business specializing in wedding invitation design and calligraphy. If you're an aspiring small business owner, a fellow wedding creative, or just looking for some overall inspiration and insight, Julia's Creative Business Guidebook will bring light to all of the challenges I've faced, the lessons I've learned, and the success I've earned. I hope you'll tune in every week for a new chapter in your guidebook. Hello, welcome back to another episode. This is chapter 17. Holy moly. Can't believe that it's almost been 20 episodes already. And I feel like I, I feel like I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. But this episode is going to be all about proposals and contracts. So like, Stuff that people say is boring, but it's actually extremely important. And you can make proposals and contracts super pretty and on brand and colorful, and then they're not boring and they excite your clients and they make your clients want to work with you. At least that's that's what I believe. <laughs> so, I want to kind of walk through my proposal and my contract with you guys. Uh, please note that these are for custom wedding invitation clients only. The people that order from my invitation shop are like subject to their own like terms and conditions that are already like integrated into my website that they approve when they make a purchase through my website. Does that make any sense? Um, that's how that side works. So I'm not really talking about the invitation shop at all today. This is all just about custom wedding invitations. Um, but essentially anytime you are doing like a custom project or a commission or any of anything in that realm, you should be sending a contract, a proposal, and an invoice. Those three things are extremely important. They will cover your basis in case anything happens. Um, And it just makes you look professional and it helps your client kind of feel secure and like that they're working with a legit business. So it is extremely important to have these three items. And yeah, I just want to go through what I do with my proposal, what it kind of looks like, and what's included in all of that jazz. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I create and send all of my proposals, contracts, and invoices through Dubsado, which I've probably talked about a hundred times on my podcast already. It is my client management system, um, or I'm client. Yeah, uh, yeah, I said that right. <laughs> um, I create everything in there. It's super user friendly. You can make it really branded and beautiful. And yeah, love Dubsado. So just putting that out there first. I do everything in Dubsado. So starting with my proposals. What a proposal is, is a, it's essentially a pricing quote, um, and it gives your client the opportunity to approve the quote or to, you know, not approve the quote, I guess. Um, so my proposals include. I'm starting at the top of the proposal and working the whole way down. So in this order, this is what is included. So the first thing I have is just a little bit of background information about me with a photo. This is kind of just to, you know, put a face with my business in case I know, like most of my clients come from Instagram or they've browsed my website, which like my face is all over, but you never know. So I like to just include a photo and a little bit of description about who I am just so they can kind of feel more comfortable and know that they're like literally working with a human. So kind of just personalize things a little bit more and. Make it a little bit more personable. Um, next, I include a little thing about what my custom design experience entails. So I made a cute little graphic and it just explains that they receive detailed ex- or, I'm sorry, detailed questionnaires, sketches in a mood board, color matching, premium papers, luxury typography, unlimited proofs, collaborations with the best printing and envelope suppliers in the area, and then of course one-on-one support and guidance throughout the entire process from me. Um, Next thing I include are just a little bit of fun statistics, such as how long I've been in business, how many clients I've worked with, how many envelopes I've printed, how many wax seals I've made, things like that. Just kind of like throwing in some fun little facts there. And then I include a projected project timeline. So my timelines are broken into a couple different sections. They are the start date, the sketch and mood board delivery date, the design process, the printing and production process, shipping and assembly. After the timeline, I provide clear instructions on what the next steps are if they want to book with me and how they can take those steps. This is very crucial because you want people to not be confused. You want to make it as clear as possible what they need to do to book you because, you know, Sometimes clients get into the proposal and they know immediately that they're going to book you, they want to work with you. So make it as easy as possible for them for them to do those things. After that, I include the pricing for their custom package. So the pricing is the item that the clients want to know about. That is why they are, you know, inquiring with you. Sure they want to know more about your process. But none of that matters if they can't afford you. So the pricing is the most important part. However, I don't want to keep the pricing at the very top of the proposal because I think once they see the pricing, that kind of like makes or breaks it. So if they see my pricing at the the very first thing in my proposal and it's way out of their budget, chances are they're just going to close out and not even pay attention to the rest of the information within the proposal. So if I include the pricing a little bit towards the bottom, it gives them time to go through everything and kind of gives me a chance to provide my value to them before they see the pricing and kind of like persuade them as to why I think I'm the best choice for them. So that's my reasoning for having the pricing at the end of the proposal. The pricing is set up as a custom package. If you listen to my last week's episode, I talked about pricing and I have a custom pricing calculator. So I take that price from the custom pricing calculator and put it into the package in their proposal. After the, p- the pricing, I then list out the items that are included in their pricing. So that's, you know, I get into the nitty gritty about like the design fees included, the invitation card, the details card, the envelopes, all of that, I list out ex- exactly everything that is included in their package. Next, I include an entire list of optional embellishments. And what I mean by embellishments, these are things like vellum wraps, venue illustrations, deckled edges, wax seals. Um, letterpress printing, like anything that they want to add on to their suite that is going to cost an additional amount of money. My proposal is set up so that they can manually add on whatever embellishment they want and then it will automatically be added to their invoice immediately. So it is extremely, extremely beneficial to have it set up this way. I mean, it is just like amazing how seamless it is for a client to literally select everything they want view the contract, make the payment, bada bing, bada boom, be booked. (laughs) Um, So love that feature of Dubsado. After the long list of embellishments that I have, I then include some client testimonials. I include four reviews um, just that I've received from past clients kind of just to give some validation to, you know, show that I really know what the hell I'm talking about. Last thing I do is include some frequently asked questions and then again at the very end I reiterate what the next steps are and what they need to do. In my proposal and in Dubsado you can set it up so that when you send a proposal it can include the contract and the invoice. So essentially my proposal is is including all three of those things. The proposal, the contract, and the invoice. As soon as they're finished in the proposal, you know, they've selected their custom package and any of the add-ons that they want, they're immediately then taken to the contract. In the contract, they read through it, hopefully some of them probably don't, and then they sign the contract, and then after the contract's signed, again, they're immediately directed to the invoice where they will pay their retainer fee. Again, it's super seamless. They literally can do all three steps for booking within minutes, and they're booked, I know like, if you don't have a client management system, you might be you know, sending them things as PDFs and emails and links to invoices that are in Square or Stripe or wherever you're sending your invoices. I really, 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 really recommend that you look into a client management system, whether it's Dubsado or HoneyBook. Um, I don't actually know any other ones besides those two, but I hear great things about HoneyBook as well. But some sort of client management system so that you can make it seamless for your clients don't make it hard for them to pay you and to book you. Like the, the best thing we can do for our business is make it easy for people to give us their money. Please look into a client management system so that you can have a seamless process for your clients to book you. Again, it's just like the world of a difference. It makes you look like a super badass professional and like you have all your shit together. And it just, you know, it starts them off with a good client experience from the beginning before they literally have even started working with you. That's my little, my little uh, tangent on how passionate I feel about client management systems. So again, like I was saying, they can immediately go to the invoice to pay their retainer fee. I require a 50% retainer fee from custom clients at booking and then the remaining balance of their invoice is due at the time of printing. That's pretty standard in the business or in the industry. I do know some people that require just like a $200 fee for booking. Um, I'm not sure on like if that makes it like if they have a higher booking rate because of that or what that may be, but you know, you can really do whatever you want, but I know like the industry standard is a 50% retainer fee up front. Very important. Make sure you use the term retainer fee and not deposit. Um, I know deposits like a much more commonly used word, but deposit actually means that that fee can be refunded. And in most cases, the retainer fee should not be refunded. It should be a non-refundable fee. So that is what retainer fee means. It means it's non-refundable. So I just advise you to think about those two words and which one is applicable to your scenario. In most cases, it should probably be retainer fee. After your client completes the proposal, the contract and the invoice, they should be completely booked and everything should be done booking wise. And then, you know, then you would go forward with your onboarding process, whatever that may be. Again, just make it easy for them to pay you. Like literally make it so simple. Moving on to my contract. Contracts, Oh, they're so fun. Um, Another reason that I love Dubsado is Dubsado comes with contract templates. So they have an entire book or like, I don't know, it's not a book, an entire, um, I don't know what the word is not a gallery, an entire list, whatever, sure, an entire list of different templates for contracts and proposals, and they do have one that is, that was created by a wedding invitation designer, I believe, I don't know, I got my, I used their template, like, when I first got Dubsado, which was three years ago, so I haven't looked at their template booklet since, but I'm, I'm sure that they still have some sort of template that is usable for wedding invitation clients or wedding invitation designers. But anyways, so I'm just going to kind of walk through my contract with you guys so you can kind of hear what's in my contract. Um, First and foremost, I include project details. So that's the date, the client's name, the project title, the name of the clients, the event date, the completion date, the company. So like my brand, my name, and then the services that are agreed to in this contract. Um, Next thing is putting in an area to gather the client's address, phone number, and wedding date. And then there's a little thing for them to have to initial and uh, um, agree that all of the above information is correct. So then we get in into the nitty-gritty, the purpose of the agreement, and the terms. So under the terms, I have the services, the services that I am providing, location and delivery of services. So this is just explaining that I will be delivering. I mean, not me personally, but like some shipping service will be delivering the services to the client at the addresses provided at the top of the contract. Um, it states that I will provide all services by the job end date, unless unless otherwise specified, and then says that shipping fees um, will be totaled into the final invoice and that the client is responsible for shipping fees. The next cat or the next section is cost, fees, and payment. So. This um, says the total cost for all services is blank and is due in full at the time of invitations being sent to print. And then I have a thing about the retainer saying that the first payment is a non-refundable 50% retainer fee is due at the time of contract signing. And at minimum, this is just, you know, saying that the client agrees that this retainer fee fairly compensates me for committing to provide the services and turning down any other potential projects and clients to ensure that I have the time and the capability to take this project on so forth and so forth. Um, The next is a little thing about payment. Pretty much states that the billing will will reflect the actual costs incurred, so if there's minor adjustments such as actual postage needed or the number of envelopes I address, anything like that, the final invoice will be adjusted and the client will be required to pay the whatever. Anyways, next category or section is exclusivity. This is saying that the client understands that they have agreed to hire the vendor exclusive for any other service provider. So that essentially means that, like, once they hire me for invitation design, they can't go and hire another invitation designer and, like, work with both of us and, like, whatever. Um, So pretty much just stating that. It says that in order for me to provide a high level of satisfaction and quality of service, no other service providers other than an assistant or a third party that that I hire to complete the services outlined in this agreement are permitted to provide the same or similar services to products paid or unpaid at the locations and dates specified in this agreement. Holy shit, I need a glass of water. The next section is about intellectual property. This pretty much just states that, like, I own all the artwork, um... And that I'm granting the client a non-exclusive license to my products produced um, and that the client can use these for personal use as long as the client provides me with attribution each time the client uses them. Um, It says personal use includes but is not limited to, you know, photos on client personal – on their personal social (laughs) – I can't talk – photos on their personal social media pages or profiles, um, personal creation, such as like you can use it in your scrapbook or your personal gift or whatever, or in personal communication, such as a newsletter, or email or holiday card, yada, yada, yada. Also in this section is a thing about guest privacy, pretty much stating that I would never share something on social media with any of your guests' addresses or like any personal information. Next section, artistic release. This is pretty much talking all about like my style and how when you hire me, you have done significant research into my style and you know what to expect. Um, consistency that's big on like if I'm doing calligraphy envelopes again, another and then there <laughs> I cannot talk and then there's a section about calligraphy stating that like the nature of hand addressed envelopes will vary um, you know, each address varies depending on letters, length of name, street name, city, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just, it's handwritten calligraphy. So like there's going to be differences, um, design and assembly stating, you know, how much time it will take. Proofing, explaining that I include unlimited proofs, pretty much talking about what goes into the proofing and how it's important that the client checks everything. And once the final proof is approved, then I'm, Given permission to print. Um, once approved, no changes can be made. Then there's a section about postage and all about the post office and how I am not responsible for anything. Once it's at the post office, I'm not responsible for anything, like just point blank, not responsible. <laughs> I have a limit of liability section, an impossibility section. I had to add in a COVID clause in there that's probably never going to get removed because it does say, like, or worldwide pandemic. Um, I have a section about if there's a failure to perform services. So if I personally cannot perform, I will immediately give notice to the client, issue a refund or credit based on the accurate percentage of services rendered and essentially excuse the client of any further performance and or payment obligations in the agreement. So that's if like my arm gets chopped off and I can't like, like I literally can't finish the project for whatever reason, or if I'm, you know, hospitalized, things like that, that knock on wood hopefully will never happen. And then my, recent, my re- refund policy is at the very end. Um, essentially, says if the client decides to withdraw at any time, no money will be refunded. And then client has to sign and date, and then I sign and date, and that is it. I ran through that really quick, but you know, like I said, there are templates in Dubsado that I would highly recommend checking out. I know there's also a bunch of business owners out there that sell templates online. I would not recommend writing your own contract unless you are like doing it with a lawyer or somebody who knows something about legal stuff. (laughs) I wouldn't just like write a random contract just to have a contract. I would pay for one online or use one through Dubsado or do what you gotta do, but don't just make it up. Yeah, so that's my contract. Um, Again, that's just for custom wedding invitations. And I know that was like a huge mouthful, but I hope that hearing what I include in my contract and in my proposals was beneficial to you. Essentially, I said this earlier, the most important thing is that you just make it easy for your clients to pay you and that you are providing them with as much information as they need to be comfortable booking you. The proposal is really kind of just like a selling point almost, like it should be used as like a way to persuade them to or persuade them as to why you are the right fit for them and why you're really good at what you do and, you know, kind of just to show them that you know what you're doing and that They should feel comfortable booking with you and spending their money on you and your services. Um, Yeah, you can get really fun with proposals. There's a lot of templates out there, again, where you can make them look really pretty. I would recommend doing that. That's what I do. Um, Truthfully, I do not remember who I got my proposal template from, but there's plenty of people out there that offer them. So just do a quick little Google search and customize it and just make it look professional and clean. And yeah. Essentially, like, the proposal is the very first thing that they're receiving um, from your business. You know, they've probably seen you on social media or maybe they're, like, an email subscriber. But sending the proposal is really, like, the start of their experience with you, whether they book you or not. So you just want to keep that in mind and make sure it is, like, a really good and impressive first impression. But yeah, let me know, you know, on Instagram or in email. If you guys have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Hopefully this was helpful to you guys. I don't know what next week's episode is because I feel like I tell you guys what next week's episode is and then I changed my mind. So I'm not even going to tell you because I truthfully don't know what the next week's episode will be. But that being said, I hope you guys have a great day, a great rest of your week. Oh, side note because this actually, no, I can't say that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I hope you guys have a good day. Uh, Talk soon. Bye. Cheers to finishing up another chapter in Julia's creative business guidebook. I hope you learned something new and will tune in next week for our new chapter. Until then, take care of yourself, do things that inspire you, and never stop creating. If you have any questions about anything I talked about during this episode, please refer to the link in the episode description to ask your question. All questions will be answered at the end of each unit.